Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Sheffield Digital Podcast. I'm Ian Broom and I'm joined by director Chris Diamond because uh, Mel's on holiday so it's just us two. But we do have our very special guest Emma Cooper, a creative digital marketing and business development consultant who also, <laughs> who also happens to be the co-curator of uh, Playground, a week-long free exhibition of interactive art for children and families and we're going to be talking a bit about that later. Hi Emma. Hello. Thanks for joining us. That's all right. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> um, you're very welcome. Uh, let's start off by talking a bit about uh, about, about you. So, um, yeah, so- it's my favourite subject. <laughs> <laughs> it's the place to start. So, um, get the pain out of the way. Early. <laughs> oh, me and Chris are going to have a fight <laughs> already. What? Well, it's less than a minute in. Hang on. <laughs> Um, so yeah, for those that don't know, a bit about uh, your background maybe and uh, uh, how we got to now, all that kind of thing. Yeah, um, I've been, oh God, I've been working in um, digital media of various kinds for nearly 20 years. <laughs> I'm so old. Um, so I started out as a, a web designer um, just by chance. I was lucky enough to be in the right place at the right time and somebody needed a web designer and at the time there wasn't any lying around so I had nothing else to do and I got thrown um a copy of um oh what would it have been I can't remember but they yeah I we built our first website on front page (laughs) um it was dreadful and amazing um and then I've kind of I've worked my way through different trends I guess in the industry so I did a lot of work in e-learning so loads of flash development in e-learning and then um bits of marketing so for years I worked at Dig for Fire which is now J-Wing um and wrote and designed and built a lot of email marketing and banners (laughs) um and then um got a bit frustrated with the work-life balance in agency life um packed it in because I wasn't getting what I felt I deserved money-wise um and then Tim my husband had been freelancing and doing quite well as a flash developer um and we started working together and built Team Cooper. Coopermatic, so, as it was called. Uh, Coopermatic is now. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, Team so it's Team was. Cooper. Team Cooper we built over, I think it was like six or seven years. So we were a work-for-hire games agency. Um, and I was kind of, both of us kind of wanted slightly different things. He wanted to make a game. He wanted to make games. That's just all he wanted to do. Um, and I quite liked being businessy um and it wasn't until um like two or three years in that we actually realized what I was doing was business development so because I have no formal training I had Mm -hmm. absolutely no idea like genuinely what we were doing um but we worked out from the fact that I was doing networking and talking to people and bits of marketing and writing copy as well as producing and project managing and Mm -hmm all the other things that business development was the thing that covered <laughs> what I was doing. Um, and we did that for quite a while, got quite good, um, but just couldn't quite make the money work. Um, so we ended that, God, like four or five years ago, um, t- 
Tim carried on, so he kind of reformatted the company, made a new company, is now trading as Team Cooper um, mm-hmm. and selling white label games. So basically taking all of that learning from before, creating loads of really awesome engines and then selling them for agencies and marketing mm-hmm. So his business uh, model is quite different. Yeah, it's, it's very different now. Um, and he's doing really well, really, really, really well. Um, and I then I went on to work at um, what was Rocket and is now Joy Polloi. Yeah. Um, and had some very happy years with them, making awesome multimedia, multi-channel Mm-hmm. content oh god what is it multi-platform content um so stuff for television um and then i randomly got the brilliant opportunity to work with Pimeroni. and even though it was a bit of a left field jump for me um i really love the company mm. and i love paul mm. um and having that job offer i couldn't really say no um so i was with Pimeroni as head of marketing for 18 months. Mm-hmm. Um, and that but, was more business development, relationship that, building. Uh, yeah, and, it was, I think it wasn't quite what I wanted it to be. Right. So mm-hmm. it became apparent um, after a while that they, they're they an e-commerce company mm. and they need, they need somebody that's really e-commerce driven and I'm more creative content driven. Um, and it just wasn't really working out and as we came up to christmas last year mm. um as the stress was piling on mm. my brain just went <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can't deal with this anymore <laughs> um having heard from paul what their christmases are like yeah it's they work insane. so hard it is insane um and i kind of yeah much to tim's annoyance <laughs> by my job in <laughs> with no warning whatsoever um and now i am consulting and doing bits and bobs i'm working with a couple of clients helping them develop their business transform their marketing um and working a lot with cmc so children's media conference Mm -hmm. on um playground and trying to build that up um we, we were talking before we start recording about the idea of not quite being able to describe what what you do yeah um and i i've said that i kind of have a similar sort of problem i try to kind of embrace it and say that it's more that i can do i can do a lot <laughs> which is probably me being you know probably selling it a bit too much there but but trying to sort of embrace the idea <laughs> embrace the idea that you know you of, of like be like a jack of all trades kind yeah. of thing and trying to find and trying to, to turn that into a positive yeah. thing because i went when i first went self-employed in fairly abrupt circumstances i kind of thought what what am I? I've been doing work for different companies. I've spent two years working for an education company, nothing to do with the digital sector really. And like, what am I now? Like ten years into my career um, yeah. in Sheffield, and um, and I, I don't know if I've necessarily found an answer, but it's, it's the, the idea of, of of it being a good thing that you've been um, at various places and picked up the experience. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's one of those um, slightly awful things. And also part of the the magic that makes it happen is because the industry moves so quickly, we're not embedding anything. So there's no career pathway. There's no <coughs> specific, especially in creative digital, I think possibly in um, organisations like um, Birchnell Howden and yeah, kind of the like... Technology side is a the technology side. The technology side is probably a bit more, you've got 
business analysts yeah, you've got. Even though the stacks keep changing and the tech, you know, yeah. it's transferable. And Whereas the fluffy and creative side, we're kind of, I don't know what I am. I think mm-hmm. more and more I call myself a producer, mm-hmm. um, but I... I don't know if that's technically right. Um, and it's, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with that. Actually, I'm just an opportunist. So if somebody brings something to me and I know that I can do it, then I put that hat on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm doing marketing generally, I'm doing some business development, I'm doing talking. I do a lot of talking. <laughs> um, and curation but then like how do you what what is that job to, chris what am i doing <laughs> <laughs> i think producers i, I mean I, I i've you know my, my career is even longer than yours emma i've been doing this for a long time and i've i've been lots of different things along the journey and you know like ideo famously and others talk about being t-shaped looking for t-shaped people so people who have a vertical specialism have a reputation for doing a particular job very well mm. but are t-shaped because they're also horizontal Broad. so they they also have a you know, broad understanding of, of, you know, everything that's relevant, which is increasingly everything there is. Yeah. Um, I, also that Jack of all trades thing, the, the full quote, I can't remember exactly how it goes, but it's quite a positive thing, like master of none. Um, you know, but, but it means, you know, you're not, you know, you, you're, you're able to do a lot of things. And I think the, the more experience you get, the more you're able to see the synergies between things and bring them together. So yeah. actually producer, looking at an opportunity to do something and having all of the connections and, you know, the, the network and the technical skills and the, the relationship building skills and the, you know, a, a, a set of practice that you've done many times and can apply and adapt to bring the right resources together to make something happen. Yeah. That's, that's kind of, that's how I see myself, what, what I do. I yeah. just do it in, a, you know, an arena that I enjoy, which is digital development of place. Yeah. You do it in, you know, the arena of, of, um, creative digital yeah. production. Yeah, I think I have. I've come to the conclusion the thing that I'm most interested in is um, interactivity and um, audience um, agency. Mm-hmm. So I'm not interested in passive experiences. I'm not interested in lean back. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in active lean forward. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, the audience doesn't seem to want that. <laughs> so this is this is another. Uh, kind of uh, text brain cycles yeah it's kind of it's a continual trauma to me that i pieces of work that i've made over the years and you've worked in very similar fields when you were workshop. <laughs> i was at the workshop, workshop for, for a bit for six and a half years sorry i just realized i'm pointing on a podcast yeah. that didn't work um yeah ian's worked in very similar fields to me and it's it's one of those where when you present a piece of work to somebody they go this is brilliant we really enjoyed the experience. I've got lots out of it, but they never choose it. So the audience doesn't choose unless it's a game, unless it's dressed up as a game. Mm-hmm. Um, the audience tends to not choose interactive experiences. No. So, and even if it's a game, I mean, you know, lots of kids have watched people, other people play games rather than play the games themselves. Yeah. Which I can't get my head around. <laughs> I still can't. I, my, my kids are, that's resource intensive. It's really weird. Mentally. It's really, really, really strange that they're kind of... Kirsty's just finished playing through um, um, Mario Odyssey and is now watching YouTube videos of other people 
playing Mario Odyssey. And now she's sat behind her brother whilst he's playing it, telling him where all the secrets are. And it's like, I think I would be really cross. Slash a bit bored. For, for ruining my own individualised experience yeah. of this thing. But they, they seem quite, yeah. it seems quite normal to them. Yeah. So yeah, one of Shared my... Shared experiences are quite rare nowadays, really. Yeah, that's Which true. Which is maybe part of it. Yeah. Anyway. I could, I could go on a switch. <laughs> how, yeah. how much you, um, we should do that because I've yeah, just bought it. Oh, it's so good. I'll give you my friend code, which is the best way to make friends with people online by having a 34 digit code. Yeah, oh God, yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, how, we were talk, we were talked in the last episode to Chris Hill from North Coders and Louisa Louis from Benchmark. Mm-hmm. And um, we sort of touched on the idea of job titles there and like, excuse me, if you're a young person, how do you know what a um i think of any job title and in our sector how do you know how to be a whatever it might be give me a job title chris yeah. we used an example didn't we last time like even if you, if you don't in know what tech yeah yeah i had to be a project manager or a project be, manager yeah. or even like the word content that I've, I've always think is problematic in lots of ways <laughs> but but um how do you know how like, I, th- I think we're fine because we've done it for a long time but if you're just starting out yeah like, you can't just become I guess you don't you don't have all the experience, but how do you know? How do you do you think? I don't know what I'm saying. Do you think it's a problem like the way that we describe our things? Not just for if we can't do it now. What if you're like yeah. 17? I guess. Yeah, I think it makes it difficult to um, difficult to even know that it's something that you want to do. So, a big part of um, playground for me actually. Oh my god, we're going to link it up. This is beautiful. I can see it all now. <laughs> right. So, pro, a big pro part. Work. Of, of playground for me is if you can see it you can be it so showing work that is um awesome from around the world that's interactive to children alongside activities where they can play and interact with electronics or do a little bit of coding um i'm not sure what we've got this year that's hands-on there's going to be some um music making experiences um and i really want to have that there so that kids in sheffield understand or start to think about who's made this how has this been made um and it's really brilliant that um three or four maybe five of the artists actually are female. So it's it's all about representation and and how you can basically say to kids, the future of work mm. is going to be beyond our imagination. So I didn't, when I was at school, there was no internet. Um, <laughs> there was, it just not reached Bradfield School, you know. <laughs> um, but there was no, I was... I, I did a, a jobs, do you remember doing jobs kind of um, questionnaires yeah. when you were at school? I did one and it came out with shoe designer. <laughs> and actually, like a great job. I think, I very think specific. It's, it's very specific, but I think it's um, actually was quite accurate because it's, it's a usable thing yeah. that looks nice. So it's, it's something that's has, has aesthetics mm-hmm. and is used on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. but you don't get that abstraction at school you don't get that kind yeah. of what else has those properties yeah many things that have those properties now that aren't in the database yeah and being able to look forward into the future and say this is some something that i could have a career this is something that 
I could, um, she's going to drop the BAFTA, I could win BAFTAs in, you know? And that kind of like high aspiration. Mm. Um, and I think being able to present really aspirational stuff to the kids in Sheffield mm. and get them engaged and talking and thinking about what the future of work is and, and where they fit in that means it's we're going to have a better opportunity for people to choose it, to even know it's a thing, and for the, the people that are choosing it to look a bit different than they do at the mm. moment um, because they're all the same person. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Chris. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Hi, Ian. <laughs> Podcast listeners, they've both got beards. Um, but yeah, it's... It's a bit lazy. Yeah. I, it's one of those things, I've been doing this for 20 years and there are like five women. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, no, there are more. There are a lot more women. Um, yeah, I I mean... But we I'm are the, all very middle class and yeah, we are well, all very true. white. Yes. Is the other thing. Yeah. So it's... There is going to be a point where creative digital work will become the new blue collar work and actually having these conversations with larger audiences is really important. I think, I think there's, there's a big hurdle to get kids to understand what creative digital is. There's maybe less of a hurdle, but it's still there to get kids who are creative and into creating things to understand what the digital opportunities are. Yeah. Um, because they'll go into, you know, creative thinking on the one hand that it's film and, and photography uh, and art um, and not understanding how computers can mediate that. Um, but also thinking, well, what am I going to do with this? I'm going to go into marketing yeah. or I'm going to go into filmmaking or, you know, the media industries where there's actually loads of other opportunities yeah. to create experiences. Um, let alone, you know, getting that out into demographics that, that you know, haven't traditionally thought of this as a an avenue. And then for kids to be able to explain to their parents and families what it is that they do and what their aspirations are yeah. when they're so nebulous to them in I the first place. The, the kids are at school now, so, so kind of my kids' age, I think that they probably stand a way better chance than um, young people. So teenagers at the moment and those that are in sort of like degree level up the poor mm. old millennials, mm. bless them, are screwed because <laughs> they've had none of this. No, they've grown up whilst we've been figuring out what we're what doing. Yeah, um, and they, and they've been repeatedly told that it's a bad, it's bad, a bad thing for them and yeah. a dangerous place, and yes. don't do it. And for me, the current version of that is the is uh, the idea that um, our kids these days they just want to be YouTubers. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you mean they want to spend their spare time like making stuff and like, yeah, and, exactly, like, yeah, and, and, and creatively creative. expressing themselves. <laughs> yeah, that would be dreadful. Can you imagine communication and self identity? <laughs> One of the pieces at, um, at Playground is it's by I can't pronounce her name because I haven't heard it said out loud, Manja Ebert, um, and it's um, an installation which you have to kind of climb into. Mm -hmm. So it's four screens. And you have to climb into it and then projected onto all of the screens is um, loads of videos of children singing. And they're all singing different songs. Um, and it's it's kind of about identity and self-representation um, and and how children and young people are showing themselves uh -huh. in a public uh -huh. forum online. Um, and I'm really excited to see it because apparently it kind of goes through cycles of getting quite cacophonous. And then right. like you get that 
because it's like it's it's all um it goes into it's non-synchronous yeah. non-synchronous um so i'm really excited to see that because i think the the messaging and the kind of the thinking behind that is so spot on um it's how how are children like i'm kind of i'm at 40 really self-aware <laughs> But when I was younger, I didn't know what I was doing. Or what I was. Can you imagine constantly having a camera and constantly filming yourself yeah. and being able to share that publicly all the time? And oh, the effort that's... of changing an identity. Yeah. Oh, and curating oh, wow. it yeah. and editing. Yeah. I got shouted at the other day because I edited a film that Kirsty had kind of, my daughter, mm. he's nine. Um, she quite frequently tells me to film stuff um, to send to grandma. Mm-hmm. Um but she shouted at me because I edited it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I cut out the wrong bits and I made it too short. Oh. And it's like, she's nine and she's she's producing. Yeah, directing. Um, so like, what are they going to, what is the future going to be like with these monsters? Uh, Maybe just that monster. But well, you know. I mean, my kids are, my kids are the same. Your kids are, yeah. are highly, highly <laughs> exposed to media. They are. Yes, but they also make a lot of it themselves. Yeah. Which is, you know, that's Brilliant. fine with me. Yeah. It's probably a good point to maybe try to explain what play, what Playground is. Yeah, sorry, and, I realised. Yeah. <laughs> and why. And why. Um, Playground is the, um, it's the first public interaction that the Children's Media Conference has done in the city. So the Children's Media Conference is a um, yearly conference that happens in the city, um, just under a couple of thousand delegates come every year from all over the world, um, from companies like Turner, Nickelodeon, um, Disney, YouTube, Kids. Um, we've got people coming from all over the world and they come and buy and sell ideas for kids' media and they um, talk about the ins and outs of the industry and what's happening. So... Um, me and Nick Crossland from Joy Polloi mm. are um, producing a session this year called Is the Internet Really Broken? Um, and it's become a bit of a hot topic. So talking about um, algorithmic um, management of content online yeah. and, and, how, and how, how do we regulate this Wild West open space um, so that children get the best out of it, but also don't see... Um, terrible inappropriate content Mm -hmm. um which is starting to to happen more and more um so we do big big industry conversations at at cmc and then um a couple of years ago actually four or five years ago i was running um make day events so Mm -hmm. kind of like make a fair um only i didn't want to use the branding um and greg and kathy who were the um the directors for CMC came to one of the events and they basically came to me after and said, we think this is brilliant. We kind of want to do this for kids um, and we want to run it in conjunction with the conference. And that's how Playground started. And I kind of, I wrote to him, my friend, Shana Jackson, who's um, another person that I couldn't tell you what she does, but she's amazing. So she's was originally... Um, she set up Take Kids, so um, talking to children about art mm-hmm. 
um, in London and she's worked on lots of games. She's an author and a, and a curator, um, an amazing, just brilliant, brilliant woman. Um, so between us, we curate um, a free interactive arts exhibition for children um, with the idea of just showing showing kids the best that we can find of art from around the world that's interactive. So mm-hmm. something that you have to engage with. There's not many passive experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the passive experiences that we've had in the past have all been made by children. So yeah. last year we had um, a selection of films that were made entirely by children. So they were involved in the production and the, the editing and also the acting um, and the writing of the content. Um so yeah, it's really, it's really good, and it's grown over the years um, to the point where we got Arts Council funding this year, which means we've been able to put it into Millennium Galleries. It's a much bigger exhibition. We've been able to get bigger pieces. Mm-hmm. One of the pieces is um, an interactive swing. Like a swing doesn't need to be interactive, <laughs> um, but it's it's got eyes and it lights up and it makes noises, and you can kind of curate your experience as you swing on it right okay um as i understand i've not seen it so um (laughs) i'm quite excited to see that um so yeah we kind of we're hoping to grow it and because i've kind of got time on my hands yeah i'm hoping to maybe turn it into something year round possibly do something um that means that we've an opportunity to talk to children about skills and, yeah. and digital creativity yeah i mean how, how many i mean obviously loads of museums and galleries have got experiences for kids and want to engage kids in whatever it is that they're presenting but i don't know of any interactive art galleries that are designed for children yeah. anywhere and it it seems like a brilliant day out if there was such a thing yeah yeah well like, yeah this is the thing i, I think, mean I've, obviously i've taken my kids to the playground every year it's run yeah and it's the third year this year we're really looking forward to it yeah but, i think it's there's yeah, there are some experiences so there's there's kind of there's eureka in halifax which is amazing it's awesome um they've had a digi play fest there um this last year and i don't know if they'll be having that again and again um but then there are a few other places that kind of do things so there's the honestly imaginarium but it's not it's the institute of imagination Mm. in london um they all tend to be a bit didactic (laughs) (laughs) in my experience of these things yeah it tends to be some kind of thing that they're trying to convey to the kids yeah Rather than it just, well, I think, yeah, I you know, think obviously art tr- conveys as well, but it's yeah, not in I the same way. Is it? I am. I think I'm very driven by that skills conversation. Um, whereas Sean is very much driven by the art and mm. the art for art's sake. And kind of, it's that let's talk about expression. Let's talk about emotion. Let's talk about um, the human experience with kids. Mm. Whereas I'm kind of like, let's talk about work. Yeah. But, um, but the, but the, but that message is about how the thing was made, how the piece yeah. of art was made. It's not about the thing that the, you know, if it's a, if it's an educational experience, then the thing is trying to get information across to the yeah, person engaging true. with it. And so you, it's easy to miss how the thing was made in the first place. Yeah. But if it's art, it's easier to maybe 
ask questions about how 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 this person how did this, this. Made. why really, they did it but also how they did it yeah i really struggle i don't know how you guys are but when we go to um like when we go to the science museum or when we go yeah. to um we went to mozzie a couple mm-hmm. of weekends ago i really struggle with the way this is presented so i can't listen to the message because i'm too busy worrying about the medium mm-hmm. so things like slightly broken things in the in the science museum really frustrate me because it's talking about technology mm. using terrible technology mm. and i'm like ah oh. like the science museum at the moment as you go upstairs it kind of gets better so it's like interactive experiences through the years rather than <laughs> and i can't i have no idea what they're talking about but i'm like yeah that's broken that connect thing doesn't work that, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have done it like yeah, this no, i wouldn't have done it like that um yeah, that's a really old version of Flash. Ooh. <laughs> Look at how they've tied the screen to the wall. And <laughs> completely don't understand anything of what it's trying to get across. Yeah. So yeah, maybe I should do a museum of that. But maybe, you know, maybe that's that's why art lends itself to thinking about how the thing was made rather than, rather than just having poor experiences of yeah. things that are trying to convey convey information that fail at doing so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm excited and hopeful. And we've got um, an industry evening, which we would like to invite everybody mm. from the Sheffield digital community to. So on the evening of the 5th of July, um, we're having a, a drinks reception, very kindly sponsored by J-Wing. Um, so there will be a glass of something lovely. Um, it'll be in the Millennium in Galleries. In the Millennium Galleries, yeah. and it'll be um, five till seven. Um, and there's an Eventbrite link, which I will definitely give to you so you can share. Um, but I, it's an opportunity for the the creative digital community in Sheffield to come together, along with our sponsors. Um, we've got people from Arts Council coming along. Yeah. Um, I drunkenly invited the new mayor last night because yeah, <laughs> <laughs> i met him at doc fest last night uh-huh. um and i think he's awesome yeah so i'm hoping that he can come um and yeah just kind of experience the work and have a bit of a grown-up conversation about what's happening in the city and, and what we're all doing what mm-hmm. we're working on and get to play with the art yeah more importantly Speaking of things that are happening in the city, mm-hmm. that's my link. Well done. Thank you. Smooth. Um, with, with Mel's not here, but conveniently mm. you are, as, as, as has been established. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to get some practical things out of the way. Um, the first, uh, oh, the first Sheffield Women in Tech events. Oh yeah. So we segue off to that. So yeah. Mel's been talking about it for months, really. Yeah. Like, it's gone from have, yeah. kind of her just. Uh, talking about the need and then kind of gradually stuff's happened. Yeah. Um, but the first actual event is going to take place um, on a date that isn't in front of me. It's 27th, I believe. Thank you. I, will, I hope it's the 27th. I will correct you and if you're wrong because yeah. I'll, I'll have a check. I think it's the 27th of June and we're really excited about it. We kind of, we've had a couple of steering group conversations Um and we knew we needed to do something to kind of galvanise what we're doing. So luckily, um, we have the opportunity to use a space at Barker's Pool with thanks to Collider. Um, and we've had 
like 87 people sign up already, which is fantastic. What's the sort of, uh, awesome. well, who are those people? Do you, is it um, people I you, don't know. Okay, well, that, that, that's <laughs> but, kind of what I meant really, is yeah, the people that you, that you think, kind of expected to turn up. I think it? the, on the, on the kind of, the, the group of us that are on the sort of steering group is, it's quite an interesting collection of people. So it's not just creative digital. There's kind of creative digital people, but there's also people from the council and um, Bella, who's at um, either Sheffield College or UTC. I can't remember which. Sheffield, Sheffield College. Sheffield College. Sheffield College. Yeah. Um, so we kind of got, and then some people from some of the bigger firms. And I think one of the women is at, um, one of the big civil service groups. And I think actually between us, we've all got interesting networks. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to do at the event is have a conversation about what is happening. So we know that there are different groups in Sheffield already. So there's the Steminists, there's mm -hmm. WISE, there's um, YZ. There's, there's a couple of different things that are happening. Um, so have a conversation about what's happening, what we think we are as a group, where the extent of tech is. So what do we mean by tech? Um, I think it's something that I've struggled with in the past. We run different kind of like, um, we had Geek Girls Aloud and we mm. had different groups that we've, we've run over the years. Um, but it's finding that definition point where people can feel they can include themselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then create a support network um, and also set an agenda. So I think there was, <laughs> I'm going to say this now and I'm going to get shot, but there was a general consensus around the idea that we set ourselves a task. So um, we effectively would be saying, by the end of the year, we want to engage with 100 women and talk to them about working in tech or something along those mm -hmm. lines. We need to refine the mm -hmm. the actual thing um, and by when and all of that, but to actually something achieve something. Yeah, something that's more of a mission to hold the yeah. group together. Yeah, because I think in the past it's always been, you can have social groups and you can have meetups mm. and you can talk about specific things, but I think the thing that that unites us is the fact that we generally are working in environments where we are the minority, mm. despite the fact that it's 2018 <laughs> and it's ridiculous. Um, and then I think we've already identified that some of us have got different areas of interest. So creating smaller working groups and kind of, um, just creating a nice healthy network mm -hmm. in the city for women um, and people that identify as women as well mm -hmm. um, and being a lovely positive group. I, mean, I just want to do networking. I mean, if I'm really mm -hmm. honest, it's, it's, <laughs> I understand the, the power and strength of having um, um, alignments and crossover in different sectors yeah. and that ability to go, I can't do that by no woman who yeah, can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and the strength that comes from that. So, yeah, really excited about that event. Hopefully all 87 will actually turn <laughs> up. We um, might get more by then. Yeah. But. And um, we've been kindly sponsored by um, Barnsley DMC. 
Cool. Um, which do you need really do you still awesome. need sponsors? I know you put a yeah, shout I, out for sponsors. Yeah, I think yeah, I think if we can if we can get sponsors, that would be a massive help. Right. We um we've got a late booking at Digifest, so um some of the women have volunteered to go and spend a day at Digifest and talk to school kids. Great. Um and I think that's that's one of the things that um, with a bit of sponsorship, it makes it a lot easier. So things like having yeah. a pull-up banner, having some materials to hand out, um, mm. and then also kind of covering people's costs yeah. for doing things like that. So if anybody would like to sponsor us, we will gladly take your cash. Um, well, it's a good agenda to get behind um, yeah. corporately for yeah. local companies. Well, I think it's it comes back to the, the content conversation. If everybody who is making your widget or your content or your you know algorithms yeah. is the same has the same life experience looks the same has the same outlook it's just you're just going to make the same old mm. nonsense and there is a desire for better different content mm. and you you get better content from mixed groups much better content yeah. um yeah. Also, um, you know, the Technation report came out a couple of weeks ago, and they've got quite a bit of um, diversity data in there. So I spent a little bit of this week sifting through some of that. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so some of it's survey data, so it's perceptions. So you know, to what extent, uh, you know, do you survey respondee um, think that women are represented or that? Um, different ethnicities are uh, represented or uh, different ages are represented um, so that's a, there's a perception set data set but then there's also um, a, a census data set that's um, connected through to um, SOC codes so the standard occupational codes so to actually measure some of yeah. these subsectors and what their what the demographic makeups are so I slightly scratched the surface of that at um i was invited along to some city region conversations mm. and i just suddenly started to realize that the conversations i would naturally include animators mm. illustrators musicians writers mm -hmm. into our circle because right. because they work with us when when we were working at um, with, when we were working back in Team Cooper, we mm -hmm. would frequently work with mm -hmm. um, awesome musicians and commission music and sound effects. There was a, and do they get included in in these reports? Do they get included in that economic no. conversation? No. So, so this goes back to the whole debates over creative and digital yeah, industries. Yeah, where does that, where's where, the line where, where's, And you were talking earlier about what you mean by digital, yeah. what you mean by tech. Um, and, and I mean, it's a very rough measure anyway, because a lot of the professions are developing faster than the standard yeah, authorities can, keep can, up. can create codes. Yeah. Partly for the reason that no one can define themselves, like we talked about at the beginning yes. of, the, of the thing, because these oh, professions haven't, the haven't evolved yet. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, so the creative. If you, if you look at DCMS's basket of of um, SOC codes for creative and digital, they include things like filmmaking, radio, media production. Um, if you look at the ones they use for the Technation Report and the digital tech industry, they don't. Right. Because um, it's it's about the you know the the digital part of that. Yeah. Now, obviously, um, companies and projects 
um, if you think about the industry like that, involves lots of different professions and lots of different capabilities. And some of those are about digital technology and some of them are not. And some of them, are, and even, you know, most musicians and composers and music makers use digital tools and, you know, some of them code in, you know, make music through coding itself. Yeah. Uh, but they, yeah, they tend to fall out of these coding buckets and definitions. So you have to be careful what you're looking at. Um, And so you have to qualify these things. So when you say, you know, the diversity in this particular subsector is X, you need to really make sure that people understand what sector it is you're looking at and where the data comes from. The the other thing around diversity is um, what is meant. So the assumption sometimes is this this is entirely about race. This is entirely about gender. Mm. Um, sometimes the conversation gets massively um, waylaid by those, but then actually there's accessibility, there's conversations around class, and yeah, and a, kind of like just that's a huge issue, just kind of not excluding yeah. by always talking about. I, I kind of, I do harp on about gender, but I'm completely aware of the fact that I am very white and I am very middle class and those things are privileges and I know that I have a different experience because of those privileges. Um, and I think being able to um, have a big, lovely, open, wide conversation means not saying this person isn't a tech person and this person because that's when you're excluding. So you you do open inclusion by saying, okay, our boundaries around tech are a little bit wider. Mm. I think it's 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 still really fascinating to me that we don't just treat it. It's just a layer. I'm still going to make that T-shirt. It is just a layer. It's just something that cuts through every every sector, every part of life. Um, and why would you portion that out as something different? Yeah. I mean, it, sorry, Sheffield Digital. Well, no, yeah. <laughs> we, we've we've always said we've always said we're a broad church and yeah. self-selecting. We've always tried to try to support the creative digital and, the, and as much as you know, it's, it's everything. It's from you know networking and uh, in running server farms, you know, to yeah. people who make content. Um, but I think economically, when when you have an agency that's tasked with doing something about a particular, you know, sector in 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 the economy. Um, and the economy can be faceted up any any you know any number of different ways. Um, you, you are able to get a new insight into into how that operates. So yeah. so you know according to the figures we have, the, the, this city employs about six and a half thousand people in the tech industry. So that is that is companies whose main um, product or service is a technology product or service. Right. Or they make software or they make games yeah. or, or they make widgets. Or, but you know there's digital technology is the core underlying yeah. factor um but that's not just people who are tech people that's everybody everybody in that everybody who works for business. companies that are classified like that yeah is about six and a half thousand yeah now everybody who works in a in a job that's defined as a technology job is about twenty two and a half thousand. so there's way more people that work in tech jobs in non-tech for non-tech companies yeah than there are people who work in, in any kind companies. of role in tech companies yeah in the city um and then there's that overlap like how many how many People work in tech roles in tech companies. Yeah, um, I wonder how much how how that's um, like conversely damaging. So there's there's a thing with games where 
games industry has constantly struggled for legitimacy because it's seen as software. So it's not a creative right. act. Mm-hmm. It's not an art form. Mm-hmm. It's not, not even entertainment. It's not entertainment. Yeah, somehow it, it's become... Somebody was explaining to me in, under sort of early EU tax classifications, games are considered um, software. And actually in Germany a couple of years ago, they managed to overturn that. So it's now considered an art form in Germany. Um, and actually by being very strict about your definitions of what is tech has a negative impact on the creative aspects of the work that we're doing is actually games is an art form i've just been um i've just been up at alternate realities at docfest um and played dan het's amazing heartbreaking game it's funny as well it's funny and hard it's the like the darkest blackest humor his game it's just awful and heartbreaking mm. and brilliant at the same time and like how is that not art and how is that not something that could be supported and kind of enhanced by money from the arts council so it's that kind of i'm really interested in the the lovely blurry mm. blurry bit in the middle which you couldn't possibly call well, anything you know in, in, in a sense this country it benefits from the fact that digital is, is part of, you know, the Department for Digital Media, Culture and Sport, yeah. Digital Culture, Media and Sport, um, as opposed to it being part of, you know, business innovation and skills or whatever biz is called nowadays, I can't even remember. But, you know, so there's... Does it even exist anymore? I don't know. I don't think it does. I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. The whole thing's in disarray. Yeah. I was always disappointed they didn't find a way to make the last uh, letter of the acronym a Z, just yeah. to make it more <laughs> busy, more fun. <laughs> but yeah, it's, you know, digital culture, media and sport. Um, so, so in a sense, the, you know, the engineering side of it is underrepresented in, yeah. in, in national policy making. So, yeah, it is. It, I mean, technology is a layer that underpins everything. Yeah. That's true. But there is also a sector. There is also an industry um, of companies that that make technology products and digital art. I think art is, is one of the, one of the um, purposes of it is to break down boundaries and yeah. insert itself into areas where it doesn't belong. I think that's, that's all very healthy and good. You just pop up every now and go, why? (laughs) But why? (laughs) More of that. Your definitions are wrong. (laughs) But yeah, I quite... People shout, yes, we know. (laughs) We know. I really like, um, I can't remember, was it Playful or was it Interesting North? There was a guy who presented himself as a contrarian. And I kind of, I quite happily sit in that that land at the moment. It's just that kind of, but why? There you go. (laughs) That's, that's what that's what you now are. Emma. Yeah, Con- yeah, contra- professional contrarian. That's a, it's a good place to start. We started out <laughs> completely unable to describe yourself, and there we This has it. been like work therapy. I like it. Fantastic. Yeah, well, it's great to talk to you. Right, so time to go through some uh, some news or hot topics very briefly, very briefly, um, and events. We'll talk about those two later. Uh, so the first thing is um, is is very exciting. It's um, an annual member meetup on the 11th of July. Yes. Um, so this is really kind of Sheffield Digital's AGM, and um, it's for all of our members, corporate and individual, and our sponsors and partners and supporters. Um, 
uh, basically to to um, talk about where we've got to, where we're going, um, uh, get some input from all of our members, um, and um, develop kind of a manifesto for the future, if you like. Um, and it's so it's going to be on the 11th of July. Um, I am literally in the process of doing the event right to get invitations out to everybody, but I want to make sure that people are aware of it. Um, as it, it's it's really for our membership, so it's not really for the for the general community. Um, Unless people want to become a member. Unless people want to become a member, of course, which, in which case, which will ch- chuck us a fiver. Yeah, we would positively encourage yes, that. Yes, that's right. If you want to come, <laughs> sign up to be a member and uh, uh, and sign yourselves up. Um, and we'll have more details out about that. Or we will have more details out about that by the time this podcast goes out. So you should be able to check the website and find out. Fantastic. Um, next thing, Tech Nation Data Project at uh, data.world. This is something that you've been... Uh, kind of uh, delving in? Yes. Yeah. So the Technation report came out um, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and for the first time, they published all of their underlying data for the report, um, which is in itself great. Um, but also they've published it on a, on a platform called data.world, which is um, like a data analytics community platform. Um, it's uh, open source and free um and um you can go on it and create new uh like projects and project teams invite people into them and you can host data sets there and link to data sets externally um and then and you can start to evaluate and analyze it so you can write sql and sparkle queries right there in the interface um to extract or 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 join the data that you you're interested in um and then you can you can either um, export it and visualize it externally, or you can um, you can write visualizations or further analysis in R or Python and use um, data.world's APIs to access the the data feeds. Um, so it's quite nerdy if you're into data and data analytics, uh, and it's something that I'm kind of I'm learning um, and seeing what I can do with it. Um, but uh, I've been using it to create little infographics about the Sheffield tech sector um, when I get time. Um, and so there's, I think I, I put one out um, last week or just before I went on holiday about um, the fact that Sheffield experienced the highest growth in the tech industry from 2016 to 2017, higher than London and the next 15 largest travel to work areas. Which, which interesting, interestingly, isn't something that's been reported. Like, the, presumably, because you have to delve into the data a bit to get that information. It's not yeah. Like, it's not like that was headline news in the staff, right? No, no, that's right. Yeah, and maybe that's something that we should really look at because, um, you know, we we need to be placing some of these some of these things in there. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, twenty sixteen to seventeen was a was a tremendous year for the tech industry in Sheffield. And, it, and it's reflected in the numbers, um, and I think I think there are more numbers in there about that, and more insights into into what's going on. Um, so you know, if as I say, it's it's like an open community effort. So I've invited other people in um, to the project. I set up a project for Sheffield Digital, um, and I've uh, if anybody's interested in and you know enjoys. Um, nerdily digging into the data and creating charts and visualizations from it or, or finding out how these things connect together. Um, just let us know and I'll send you an invitation. Fantastic. Um, and then just the next two things are um, opportunities, I guess. They're just a couple of blog posts that we've published on the website the last 
week or two. Um, the first is um, about Sheffield Digifest, which is on the 2nd of July. Um, Digifest, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's kind of uh, um, uh, for uh, school children or young people to kind of experience, um, get some experience and find out more about uh, the tech sector and working in digital, all those kinds of things. Is that about right? Yeah, <laughs> good. Um, but and, and this year, so this is this is uh, Digifest has, has, has run previously. It's an annual thing, uh, but this is the first time that they're running a digital careers fair alongside, yeah. kind of the the festival itself. Yeah. So l- last year it was it was mainly uh, or partly it was about um, uh, you know honouring the winners of the Code Make Win Festival. Uh, sorry, competition um, to find young um, digital makers. Um, but this year, they're actually launching Code Make Win at Digifest, and um, the rest of it is a yeah, as you say, it's a, a way of uh, employers and kids um, getting together to understand what the career op- options and skills are in digital industries. And so, the opportunity that I mentioned is that um, for the careers fair side of things, there is free exhibition space available for um, employers. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you have, um, I guess, a game or, uh, or, or anything sort of that you think young people might be interested in actually kind of using, then you can go and show them it. Uh, but also if you are kind of looking at uh, employing people um, as they kind of leave school and, and, uh, and move, into, in, move into work, then you can kind of go and show them your wares. Yeah. You know, just help, you know, raise to our kids attention the fact that they can go into this industry yes um so that's um the, the festival runs alongside digifest digifest starts on the 2nd of july there's a blog post on the sheffield digital website um, where you can find out more and i will provide uh, a link in the show notes um the second thing uh is from uh, zinc which is a multi-million pound venture capital fund um they are they're coming to sheffield and they're looking for 50, not just from Sheffield, just I think the 50 people from anywhere, but 50 socially um, focused entrepreneurs. Um, and they're looking to kind of tackle the problem of, uh, uh, I guess, communities, areas that have been particularly hit by automation and globalization. Mm-hmm. Any more to add? Or no, I don't. I don't know very much about it to be honest. But it's fantastic that they're recruiting in Sheffield. Um, yeah, they're looking for for 50, 50 entrepreneurs to go and um, form companies to tackle issues um, in in that area. That's their second challenge area. Um, and uh, as far as I know, it's a fully funded nine month um, in, yeah, accelerator program. And I've just read because I thought I'd better check my my dates that this is actually happening very very soon. On the twelfth of June, which oh, is that's right. which is actually on Tuesday, as we record on Friday. <laughs> so I will do my best to uh, to uh, get this episode uh, edited and recorded and published uh, in in time for that. But it could be that you have to do it today or tomorrow. <laughs> we shall see. Um, but it's a good thing to know about anyway. Right, just time now to go through uh, some upcoming events. I'll do this quickly. On the eleventh of June, which also may be in the past, is the Sheffield Ruby User Group. On the 12th, it's WordPress Sheffield. On the 13th, Product Tank Yorkshire. On the 19th, it's Sheffield ML, the use of machine learning and in exploration geophysics. The 19th of June, Sheffield University's Managing Directors Club, Summer Social. And then on the 20th of June, Salon Transport in the Digital Age. Yeah, that's the um, Digital Leaders Salon. That's, that's at the Flow, I think. 
Uh, it's the first time that digital leaders have done an event like this in Sheffield, so that's quite cool. And it's going to be on transport. Uh, the 27th of June is the first Sheffield Women in Tech event, um, which we talked about earlier mm-hmm. with Emma. And then the 28th is Agile Sheffield. And then, of course, every Friday from 9am at Tampa Coffee, you can join us for Geek Brekkie, an informal chat mm-hmm. with some tasty beverages. And we should probably, we should also add in, it's a little bit after this, but we should add in the um, uh, the drinks reception at Playground, which I think Emma said was the 5th of July. Indeed. Um and the memberships, big thank you to our members as usual. Since we last recorded, we've had Nimble Approach and Train X sign up as company members. So huge thank you to them. And then individual members, we have Kev Roberts, Layla Kroll, Chris Hemmings, and Claire Byrne. Um, and so thank you to those guys too. And uh, and I think that's about it. Apart from to say thank you to sponsors, Erwin Mitchell, Shorts, The Sheffield College, North Coders, and Benchmark. And of course... If you liked this, then you should subscribe to it immediately. Um, you can do that on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, uh, Overcast on iOS, Pocket Casts on Android, and everywhere else, but it's a good Android option. And uh, to find out more, go to sheffield.digital. Hmm. I always fail. <laughs> I always fail, even now after 16 episodes. Sheffield.digital slash podcast. Thank Bye. you. That's it. <laughs> <laughs>